everybody. Welcome to Be Honest. I'm Carrie Champion. So listen, I know it's hard personally and professionally to manage goals, and it's even more difficult to actually make those goals become a reality. I know I struggle with that. Am I pushing too much? Am I making the people around me uncomfortable? Am I making the right decisions? So to be honest, and that's all pun intended, my next guest is Goals. She is a champion on every single level. She did it in college at Tennessee with Pat Summit, and again in the pros with the Los Angeles Sparks. But most importantly, she's a mother in a professional world that doesn't always celebrate motherhood. She's leading by example, and that's what I love about her. You guys, my guest on Be Honest is Candace Parker. Thank you so much for being here. I adore you. Thank that's you. not just being oh, nice. I adore it's you. That's the truth. I'm being honest. I adore okay. you. Okay, so I have to ask you a question. As a kid, uh, knowing that you had this ability or whenever you knew that you had this ability as an athlete, did you see yourself where you are right now? As a kid, I had so many goals and dreams and hopes and expectations for myself. And I think, you know, my dad kind of set the tone of that I can do anything that I want to and can put my mind to. And so I think from a very young age, I dreamed big. And then when the WNBA came along and I had some place to go and to put my dreams, that's when I really was like, that's what I want to do. Okay, so when we think of you, um, most of the world, and by world I mean the sports world, maybe even off the court, knew you at Tennessee. Uh, you were a champion. Uh, and most recently, we talked about how sometimes worlds collide and different things happen. Uh, Pat Summit. You love her. Yep. What does she mean to you? She means so much because I think in this day and age, a lot of people talk. They talk about what's right. They talk about what you should do. Um, they talk about how you should feel, mm -hmm. how you should carry yourself. But Coach Summit, she walked it. And I think there's a difference between walking it when everything is great and walking it when you're winning championships. But she walked it when she was sick mm. and she walked it until the very end and so mm. for me I gained so much more respect for her as her athlete but also just who she was and who she allowed me to become um, when she got sick I mean it's just it's it's insane how much respect I gained from her after that you said who she allowed you to become who were you when you first got to Tennessee and under her tutelage who did you become I mean, you know how you were when you were 18, Carrie. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Who were we at 18? Um, you know, I think everybody goes through those rough patches. When I first got to Tennessee, I had all these hopes and dreams. I was the number one player in the nation. I was signing with Tennessee. We had the number one recruiting class. Everything was fantastic. And I got there, and I tore my knee, and I couldn't play my freshman year. So I, I redshirted my freshman year. And I had basketball forever. You know, that was what I went to. When things were going wrong, I went and shot hoops. And that same year, my parents got divorced. And just a bunch of things happened. And Coach's door was always open. Mm -hmm. I would walk past her office, and she'd just lean her head out. And I would go in there. And some days, I wouldn't say anything, and I would just sit there. Mm -hmm. And other days, we would talk for hours. And so I think she just allowed me to, to figure out my life myself and then ask for help when I needed it. So uh, we all know that... Uh the coach passed away, mm -hmm. um, and when she did, you had something amazing happen to you that year. <laughs> um, we have this, and I remember watching when you won the championship with the Sparks in 2016, watching you um, talk to our Holly Rowe, um, and you pretty much dedicated that season to Pat, um, and you were so emotional, as we can see it here, and you couldn't even talk. What were you thinking? 
You know, I think um, there's influential and instrumental people in your life. Yeah. That if you didn't know them or weren't a part of their life, you wouldn't have certain things happen in your life. And so I think that championship doesn't happen without coach. Wow. And so at that moment, I mean, Holly knew Coach Summit. She's covered me my entire career. So mm. she knew how much Coach meant to me. Uh, I was rocking the orange shoes, and mm. I know she she was watching that game. So um, that game, the, I remember you also mentioning that this was a, a surreal feeling. And you thought, I would love to have this feeling more often than not. Uh, <laughs> and that's when I said you had become a champion on every single level. Um, Talk to me about what it takes to have these goals because you've been number one, number one this, number one recruit, number one draft pick, and then here you are and you're winning it at the highest level. You know, it's crazy because when you win it, you have all these emotions, but then you want more. Mm. Like it's like that, that energy, that human nature, that like when you have something, you want it again. <sighs> so as soon as I won the championship... And we went to the parade and we did all that stuff and we accomplished this goal. Then it was like, I, I want to do that again. Yeah. And so I think it's at that moment that in 2016, when we were going through the process of winning the championship, going through the regular season, I realized it's like, yes, winning it is super special, but the journey getting to that point is what's important. Yeah. I mean, and you have to go through all the ups and downs in your career and life and all that stuff to really appreciate the journey. And so right now... Regardless of the results of the rest of my seasons or career or whatever, I just, you just got to put in the time and the work and the energy and then the results will take care of themselves. Well, that's what I was talking about, the struggle of having something and setting these goals and is it too much? Am I requiring too much myself for the people around me? Um, I know that a lot of people watch the WNBA and think of two things and, and, and one, and we'll get to that, we'll get to the, the pay disparity between the WNBA and the NBA. But I, I, I've noticed, and in those who pay, pay close attention notice that you all lead the charge when it comes to speaking out. Um, you uh, and your colleagues in the WNBA had no problem uh, talking about Black Lives Matter or when there was an incident in Charlottesville. You were very, very honest about what you felt wasn't right. We have video here showing you all linking arms just to to send a message. What do you... What do you feel about athletes using their platform to talk about social injustice? I think it's super important because we are public figures. And regardless of whether you want to believe it or not, your voice matters. And it carries weight. And I think for a long time, um, it was acceptable to just play basketball and not say anything. Mm -hmm. But now with all these different avenues of getting your voice and, 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 you know, affecting change and affecting people. Sure. You have to use it. And especially, I have a daughter, and I want this world to be better for her. So when there's different things and different topics that come up, I mean, as a league in the WNBA, we represent... Everybody, everything. every Internationally. <laughs> every, represent you're everywhere. Everything. Yeah. And so we understand that responsibility, and I think we, we embrace it. Do you get nervous? Do you look at what happened with Colin Kaepernick and think... Let me take a beat. Let me not necessarily say exactly what I feel at all times because that could affect, I mean, let's be honest, that could affect my money. I don't, I don't want to play with my money. I think when you 
and I, I talk about this uh, a lot in what my parents and what Coach Summit have done because people ask me, you know, how do you know when something's right? And I think when I was younger, the voice in my head was Coach Summit and my parents. And it was like, you know, this is the right thing to do. And I would be like, okay, it's their voice. They, I hear them. But now, slowly but surely, I've grown into who I am, and it's my own voice. It's become my own voice of who I am. Okay, I'm sorry. I, you, when you say that, you know who I think about because we've watched him grow up. Um, LeBron. LeBron didn't wake up woke, and he wasn't always saying the right things, and he didn't always have the voice or the platform that he has now, and he didn't necessarily use it this way. Yes, and, and that's our, okay. And that's fine. It's okay. And, and, and sometimes you're not even passionate about certain things. So if you're not passionate about it, I'd rather you not say anything. So now that you're finding your voice and you're comfortable in that, do you feel the freedom of saying, hey, that's not right? That's actually unfair, and I don't want to live in a world like that. Exactly. I mean, you've said it best. Yeah. I mean, you figure out where your passion is. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, it's in everything that we do. I mean, look at basketball. If you're not passionate about it, you're not going yeah. to be successful, and it's not going to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think people read through. I mean, you know Instagram. Yeah, of course, my God. You can tell when it's authentic or when not. it's passionate, yeah. when it's true, when it's right. <laughs> you can tell if it's fake. Right. So I think that's kind of the same thing with this type of stuff. Is at some point you're sitting there and you're like, this, this just isn't right. Uh, but I tell you, what's not right? The fact that y'all not getting paid—that's not right at all. I'll say it. It's not right. Um, so we've no- November first, I believe you all opted out of yes. the CBA, WNBA, um, and. NECA was great. NECA Ngumake, your teammate and also the president of the association. She went on our show and she said, she went on ESPN rather, and she said she just wants to make a better player. She want, You all want a better player's environment. You yes. guys want, what does that mean? What does that translate to? Because I didn't get specifics. What does that mean for you all? All right. So if anybody that knows me would tell you who I am, they would describe me as a realist mm-hmm. to the umph power. So when I sit here and say we deserve more pay, I'm not saying we deserve equal pay as the men. Sure. That would be foolish. Sure. We live in, ca- like, this is capitalism sure. to the full- fullest. Just because you're a lawyer that graduates from Tennessee as a female doesn't mean you should make the same as another lawyer that graduated from Tennessee. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It's about energy. It's about time. It's about being great at your profession. It's about money. So we understand that. So right now we're looking at the CBA, and we're saying that our living conditions and just revenue sharing, and those are things that we need to discuss and mm-hmm. we need to improve. And I think we will. And mm-hmm. it's part of what you were saying with saying things aren't right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of us are looking in the mirror and saying, this isn't right. We need to discuss it and figure out what how to get to that point. Here, And I did a little research on it, and it could have changed, but men make 50% of the revenue, right, in the, in the NBA. In the WNBA, it says you all make... 20% of an, of an even smaller revenue. Um, travel conditions aren't necessarily up to par. Uh, there have been so many stories that we've seen that, that are well documented. And those are just better environments for you as a player. Uh, how do you get society to say, I agree, this isn't right? Because if it's if you don't have the seats, excuse me, the butts in the seats, people there watching the game, supporting what you do, how do you, how do you get everybody on board? You know, I think first starts with discussion. Second, it starts with looking at the business model mm-hmm. of the WNBA. I think mm. this being a business, you know, you have to look at what works. I mean, we have one of the best leagues in the world to kind of model that after in the NBA. I mean, so to me, I think 
we have a big brother, which is, <laughs> you know, it's good to have when you're, you, you know, when you're trying to search for what you want to be like and what you want to emulate. And so, you know, as a young league, I mean, we forget we're 22 years young. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. always say it. Put it in perspective. We're 22 years young. You're, you're, when you're, I was 11 years old, I didn't have a WNBA. You are correct. And so I think that's that's what we have to focus on. But we also can't lose sight that we have to continuously improve it. Mm-hmm. And you're on the front lines. Yeah, I like to. You're on the front lines. I mean, my, my going to be a Billie Jean King. My teammate, Neka Gumake, is, of course. is the president. And her sister, Cheney, is the vice president. Sure. And they're doing a phenomenal job. I just provide the one-liners occasionally. <laughs> but what I mean by that is that when people think of the WNBA, you can count on your hands how many famous names there are and how many famous faces. Yes, Cheney and Neka are outstanding and ex- extremely intelligent, and I and I love everything that they stand for. And they are also a part of this group of women that you recognize. But there's just a responsibility that you have when you are a face of a league. It's a responsibility LeBron has that he doesn't want to necessarily always have. You know, it's a responsibility, but it's a responsibility that I embrace. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I've bit off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm at this stage in my career where, you know, I've basketball has given me a lot. It's given me this platform, and it's given me the experiences to understand that how I can be successful in this world, to transition into other things. And I just want to make that experience better for other players coming in. Right. The, the next generation. Okay. And maybe, knock on wood, my daughter. Maybe, maybe she'll... Cement. Please. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she'll want to play basketball yeah. at some point. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll have more with Candace Parker. And by the way, make sure you're subscribed to Be Honest in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, you left me there. I want to talk about it. Um, So, you got pregnant... Not fairly soon, but soon enough after you got into the league. I think that I struggle with this, and as do all of my friends. When's the right time? When do I put a pause on my career and have a child? Um, How will it be accepted? Do I lose my place? Will people not see me as whatever? Did you ever think of any of that? Did that ever cross your mind once? I mean, I always tell the story that I was still 11, 12 years old playing with dolls. I was... My brothers are 9 and 11 years older than me, so mm-hmm. I was basically an only child growing up, and okay. I wanted siblings so bad. So I used to have dollies and, like, play with them, and I used to be like, I'm going to be a young mom. And then when sports took over, it was like, you can have sports or you can have a family. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the way Just, it was. It makes you feel that way. It does. And I always knew that I wanted to have a child. I can't say that she was particularly planned. <laughs> But I, but I will say it was the best surprise of my entire life. Um, she's made me who I am. And honestly, I have to say... Um, she's perfect. I, I'm partial. But yeah. yeah. But I will say, like, when I first found out I was pregnant, yes. Like, so many people told me, like, okay, so what are you going to do now? I'm like, oh. what do you mean, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have my child. She's going to be with me throughout my career. It's funny because... I didn't know initially that I was pregnant, and I took the MVP Rookie of the Year photo, and she was in my belly. And that was, like, the first photo of her and I. And it's kind of crazy because she's been through this entire journey with me. I mean, Christmas in China, New Year's in Russia, we're sitting in Turkey drinking Turkish tea. I mean, she's telling me, like, on days off she wants to go to Dubai. Like, this kid has traveled the world with me and has been a part of my journey, and 
you know, she's been with me shooting in the gym. So. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So you got to yes. make sure you pay her half, if not more. Oh, yeah. Drink, shout out to drink. <laughs> yeah, with kisses and LOL dolls. That's, um, that's what she's like. When you travel, mm-hmm. and everyone knows that uh, a lot of the players in the league travel because they make 3 to 15 times mm-hmm. more than what they make mm-hmm. um, when they play here. Is that, what a struggle. Is that a struggle? I'm asking. Is that a struggle to have to leave? Because there is no break. You're done with your season here, and then you hop on a flight, and you go to Russia, you go to wherever you go, Turkey, mm-hmm. um, and then you start all over again. The grind is so real the for you, The grind is real. Um, this is the first season that I haven't gone overseas. How's that feel? And it feels amazing. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know if my bank account is saying that, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it feels amazing because this is the first year that it's about Layla mm-hmm. and it's about her. I pick her up every day from school. I drop her off every day. I'm at every activity. I'm at soccer with the snacks and the juice boxes and the orange slices. And it's it's so great for me to be a part of that. And I can't overseas, mm. you know, because they don't want me without her. Yeah. So she comes overseas with me. Yeah. And it's a struggle. But the experiences that we've had in the past have been amazing. I mean, just the food, the people. The relationships that we've established, how we've learned to live on little yeah. and learned to travel and learned about the cold, you know? Right. So it's just, it was an amazing experience. And it's, I won't say it's unfortunate that we have to go overseas because I think it's not. all in all, it's it's a great opportunity for us. Okay, see, so I'm being spoiled. I'm like, dang, so I got to leave in the cold. <laughs> I can't go to have no sushi at Kisuya. <laughs> I understand. Okay, yeah, put me in perspective here, Carrie. I will say this. Um, when I I think about how hard you, you ladies work, I do respect it because I do appreciate a grind. But I look at you and I watch you work in, in my world, if you will, um, doing what you do flawlessly. And I remember talking to you when you first kind of were like, I think I want to, not for sure, <laughs> I might intern. And look at you now, like you're everywhere, you're doing it effortlessly. So obviously my next question, what does that next chapter look like for you, Candace Parker? It's about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm all ears, all open. I've watched you. I always watch you. And You've been a huge inspiration in how you do things, Mm, how you you. carry yourself. No, really. I mean this. I appreciate it. So for me, I think I'm just trying to learn along the way. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of a grace period because I'm still within my first field of being a professional athlete. So I'm kind of just figuring it out. I mean, I love TV. I love doing that. Um, But I love the game of basketball. And for me, for the last 20 years, well, I won't say 20. I'll say 11 years of being paid to play basketball. Sure. That's been the best job in the world. I'm paid to play basketball. Love, yeah. So what's next? Being paid to talk about basketball. And so I'm just kind of living that dream right now. Well, I know that when I watch you on other networks that shall remain nameless, I saw you, like, dropping buckets on people. And I was like, <laughs> goals. Like, that's that's the beauty of being in this world and being a sports broadcaster. Like, I, I can literally, as you talked about Coach Summit, I, I walk the walk, I talk the talk. You you do both. Do you find it difficult? I mean, and this is what I've noticed with, with the athletes when they start coming on. It, it, it's hard to analyze their colleagues to talk about people they're cool with because you're cool with everybody like I, it's easy for me to get up here and pop off about somebody i don't necessarily I mean, have to see them <laughs> <laughs> but you have to see them it's it's tough because i'm still a player yeah so i understand the grind so i just try to make it not personal mm. if that makes sense yeah you know? so, so i think if you I, keep it not personal i mean then you can't 
it, it's you're all athletes. You understand that you're going to be critiqued. Everybody has to be coachable. I you. don't believe all athletes understand they're going to be critiqued, nor do they like it. There's not one athlete that I haven't met that has not reminded me the day, the moment, the time in which I said something bad about them. They'd be like, on November 2nd, 1997. I, I agree. I agree with you. But at the same time, I think there's people that can remember that, but then there's also respect and honesty. Okay. And Fair. so I think if you're stating honest and not making it personal, yeah, which is... Don't make anything personal. Yeah. If you make it personal and whatever you do yeah. is going to be taken the wrong way. Of course. So that's what I try to do. Like, I don't think that was a great play. I'm not like, man, they always make plays like that. That's so stupid. Like, that's personal. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, she just taught me something, guys. So not they always. I'll, I'll take that out <laughs> my my vernacular. That wasn't a great play. There you go. There, there you go. go. Let's, let's <laughs> they see next do time. Better. They could do better. Um, to that end, we've got to talk about my Lakers. All right, let's do it. Let's not make it personal. Right. Um, but I'm going to make it personal. I do think it's unfair that the buzz is about Luke already about his job being on the line. But is that, someone told me today, Paul Pierce said to me, that if you have LeBron James on your team, why wouldn't it be? It's weird because I think whether LeBron is coming or departing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Teron Liu. <sighs> he departed. It's tough, with or without LeBron. Mm-hmm. And especially if LeBron is coming to your team... Like, I think all coaches should probably have a clause in their contract. Yeah, like, look, before that, he roll up in here. Exactly. You can check with me before LeBron enters or leaves. Um, do, do I get paid two years before and two years after? Exactly. I don't need him. I mean, there's added pressure with that. And, yeah. and I mean, that's that comes with the territory and the expectations that surround him. I mean, this is, he is a business in itself. He is. And he's unbelievable at his sport, at his craft. In his 16th, what, 16th, 17th year. Yeah. Playing basketball and he's still at the top of his game. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think we really respect and honor. Him. Oh no, you, you know what I mean. No. And so to me, I think you almost have to give him that respect of winning now. That's you know, the expectation. But and 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 you know this. It also was unfair because no matter what happens to Luke, if he, if even if he does make it through the season. So there will be the whispers of, oh, it's LeBron's fault. LeBron's trying to stay neutral, and you can see that. He's trying to tap out. But you you can't when you're the greatest player in the world. It's no. Like, in, the, in in this day and age, Michael Jordan didn't have to deal with that. If there was social media, we would view him so much differently. Totally. Jordan would not be this mythical Jordan that we all put up on a pedestal But that's right what's now. so impressive about LeBron. Uh-huh. As you spoke to earlier, how he didn't always have those viewpoints. He didn't always sure. know what to say. He didn't always have a voice. Sometimes he said the wrong things. Of course. Right? I knew him from the time we had Gatorade together, 17, <laughs> 18 years old. And, I mean, we have matured so much since yeah, yeah, then. Yeah. So to see that transition, I mean, I really respect and honor him. It, he could not win another championship. And I think he's... Wow. His impact on the game of basketball is, I mean, especially through this day and age of social media, of scrutiny, he's clean slate. So Lakers with LeBron make the playoffs? Yeah, of course. Eighth, seventh? Um, I mean, I had them at, I think I had them at five. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I had them okay. at five. I think we're forgetting. I mean, everybody looks at the Toronto game. Yeah. They lost the first quarter. They won every other quarter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was there. It was brutal. But yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah, but they because did. of the first quarter. Sure. But after that, they picked it up. They picked sure. it up. And so my thing is, I'm not, 
I'm not feast or famine. Okay. I'm not on the bandwagon or off. Oh. I'm like, you got to stay even keeled. Yeah. You yeah. can't get too high or get too low. Yeah. My, my very first producer in TV told me that. All right. Yeah. To that end, you made me happy. It's not <laughs> feast or famine. Can't get too high. Can't get too low, liquor fans. <laughs> um, so we're going to do uh, give me best or no goat NBA of all. Goat NBA, number one. <sighs> I'm from Chicago, Terry. Oh, okay. So I don't even... All right, so I should go home? I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I mean... I mean, Michael Jordan, to me, yeah. is the GOAT. Now, LeBron is an extremely close second. And not... I think it's harder to be the first. And that's probably... Like, if LeBron was first, LeBron would be the GOAT. Yeah, of course. But... Michael is the one that kind of like set the bar. And I think it's the goat in all aspects. It changes the way the game is played. It changed what's on your feet. It changed the commercials. It changed, like, I mean, it changed everything. It changed basketball. Okay. And so I think that that's the reason. I mean, it's nothing else. What is Allen Iverson to the culture of basketball? Allen Iverson is the reason why I wear number three. Allen Iverson is the reason why that appeal, that hip-hop street culture was allowed in basketball. It was shunned for so long. And then I feel like he kind of opened the door to it. And I've been a huge Allen Iverson fan for his heart, for his energy, for his effort. I mean, he was the smallest player on the court. And also, just like the Teron Lue play. Yo. I mean, that will live in infamy. <laughs> How he stepped over <laughs> Teron Lue and then all the memes after Teron Yeah, oh, that was terrible. So disrespectful. Anyway. Um... <laughs> And this will be the last of the quid pro quo. Your legacy. What would you like it to be? Oh, that's a really good question. I I hope that if you could use one word, I hope it's transcendent. Because oh. when I came into the game, I was told to stand by the basket and make layups. And I'm leaving the game and there's 6-4 handling the break, throwing no looks and shooting threes. So for me, I hope I had something to do with that yeah. in the way that it's more positionless basketball and more it, just because you're 6'4 doesn't mean you can't play point guard. I love you. I love you more. Yeah, well, I mean, it's love affair. <laughs> we're having a we're having a love affair right here, guys. She's my girl. Always. Candace Parker, uh, you are elegant on and off the court, trendsetter in so many ways, most importantly, a phenomenal mother and just a leader, by Thank example. You. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so honest. much for having me. I'm going to continue the love affair. Candace Parker is amazing, and I cannot wait to see what happens for her in this next chapter. I know she still has a lot of basketball left, but, I mean, just imagine all of that in one, and she's being able to make changes the way she is. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Do me a favor. Head over to the ESPN app and download, subscribe, be honest. Until next week, y'all.